Welcome to Cardio Conversations, a podcast from MedTech Insight dedicated to interviews with the people leading innovation in cardiovascular technology. I'm Reed Miller, an editor with MedTech Insight. This episode features a recent interview I did with Rob Kremen. He's the CEO of Vector Medical. Vector is one of the many companies applying computational intelligence to diagnosing and predicting cardiac events. The company's VMAP, non-invasive three-dimensional electrophysiology mapping system, can accurately identify the location of a premature ventricular complex. And that's now been demonstrated in a trial also called VMAP. So let's get right into it. Now to start off, I talked to Rob about the company's history and how it defines its own mission. So Vector was founded, Vector Medical was founded in, in 2017. And we really had the goal of combining you know, human ingenuity and computational intelligence to radically improve care for patients suffering from cardiac, cardiac arrhythmias. And if it's okay, I'll take a, a brief moment to step back and talk about arrhythmias. Um, I think it's one of those words that we don't spend a lot of time in our everyday parlance talking about, you know, we understand cancer and heart attacks, but, but not necessarily arrhythmias. Um, so, you know, just for the, the listeners, you know, heart attacks, if we're thinking about them, we understand those. Those are about the vessels and the pumps of the heart. And so if you think about it in the context of a house, think of it as the plumbing of the house. And arrhythmias are the, the electrical currents in the house. So think, think of electrical circuits or your electrician when you think of arrhythmias. And arrhythmias are really the, the irregular or abnormal heartbeats that are caused by faulty circuitry. And when an area of the heart circuitry isn't functioning properly, it can cause the blood to flow, flow poorly. Uh, inefficiently or really, you know, scarily, not at all. And um, there's a construct. I, I, you can't, I have a heart model here in my office. I know you can't see it, but when we think about the heart, there's, there's two chambers at the top called the atria and two chambers at the bottom called the ventricles. And the, the, the top ones pump blood into the lower chambers and the lower chambers pump blood into your lungs and the rest of your body. And so when you have an arrhythmia, um, let's say in the upper chambers, uh, like atrial fibrillation. A lot of us have heard of AF or AFib or atrial fibrillation. I'll call it AF. Uh, you can get dizziness, you can get shortness of breath, fatigue, chest pain, maybe a reduced inability to exercise or do the things you like to do. Maybe you're a golfer and you can't golf anymore if you've got AF. But there's some really serious outcomes that come from it, like stroke and heart failure. And then even more so, if we talk about the lower chambers, like ventricular fibrillation, you can experience those same symptoms uh, but also, instead of getting a stroke, you can come up with an outcome called sudden cardiac death. And, um, you know, that's really, really serious. And you say, oh, well, that, that sounds really bad, but I guess I haven't heard about arrhythmias because maybe they're not all that common. Well, I got a little bit more bad news for your listeners. In fact, arrhythmias are incredibly common. Uh, 25% of all adults, one in four, uh, will experience a serious arrhythmia in their lifetime. And one in four of us will experience a stroke. Uh, with AFib being one of the one of the most common causes, and even more so, this was a, a startling statistic to me. Ten percent of all deaths worldwide are estimated to be associated with arrhythmias. So, you know, we've spent the last three years being, and rightly so, being and talking about COVID, but we're talking about a serious disease that is potentially ten times worse than COVID, and we need to be talking about it more. So, our mission is to educate, triage, and help the better, more effective treatment of arrhythmias and, and bring attention to the issue. And I also want to say one more thing on the COVID issue. Uh, another bit of, of, of non-positive news in the area is that research, recent research suggests that 10% of those of us who've had COVID 
may experience a new arrhythmia, a new onset of AF or another arrhythmia. And so it's a really big problem. Arrhythmias are a global health crisis. Uh, The one last bit of good news for you is that arrhythmias are very treatable. Um, Arrhythmias can be diagnosed with a simple ECG, and they can be treated or even cured with appropriate medical care. And so as a company, our mission is to make sure that those arrhythmia sufferers are receiving better care, are getting appropriate medical triage. And we've developed a technology that uses computational intelligence, really, really advanced computing to get information to your doctor that can more specifically help treat your arrhythmia. And we want to get to those locations that I talked about earlier, that malfunctioning circuitry of your heart. Uh, And we can do that just from an ECG. And so our goal is to take that information, give it to your doctor, give it to you, the patient, improve the outcome of your procedure, all the while improving efficiencies and saving medical costs. Why is it so important to have EP mapping for cardiac arrhythmias? I mean, what, what does it tell you that you wouldn't already know? So, you know, with with what we were talking about earlier, this global health crisis, the medical system is, is failing many cardiac arrhythmia sufferers. And really, really interesting research over the last few years out of Europe and the United States has made clear that the most effective treatment for the arrhythmia is an ablation, not drugs, not antiarrhythmic drugs or other therapies, but ablation. And just to, again, to explain an, uh, an ablation, you know, that's when we, we have an electro, a specialized doctor, an electrophysiologist who goes in, they enter the heart. Um, using a catheter, a specialized catheter, and they work to eliminate or disrupt that circuitry in the heart that's causing the arrhythmia, the abnormal rhythm. And when they're able to uh, eliminate that faulty circuitry, the heart, amazingly, that's the amazing part about our bodies is that our heart returns to a normal, healthy rhythm. Um, Last year, 5 million people in the United States were diagnosed with AF. A million and a half of those went on antiarrhythmic drugs and only 100,000 of them went to the most effective form of treatment, which is ablation. That's 2% of AF sufferers. Uh, that Again, that's a massive failure. So we did some work. We tried to figure out why, why are only 2% of patients going and getting the most effective treatment? And largely, it's based on a lack of information and, and based on fear of the procedure. They've heard through the grapevine, you know, their uncle or, or their grandmother went and, and they had to have a second ablation and maybe even... You know, the first one didn't work and maybe the second one didn't work. And that's true. Uh, A lot of ablations are only 50 to 60 percent successful. And that really gets to the importance of mapping. So effective mapping allows the the electrophysiologist to better understand those circuits, those faulty circuits in the heart and and target them quickly, efficiently and return the heart to its normal beating. And so what we've been able to do is we've been able to uh, develop a product that leverages just the ECG that provides really uh, interesting information to the electrophysiologist to find those locations of, of the faulty circuitry. And we can do it with an incredible, we, we published a paper, we can talk about it more later, mm-hmm. uh, where we're able to locate source locations of these arrhythmias with, with over 97% accuracy. What makes that different than any other system that's available to analyze ECGs? So there's some great technologies that help electrophysiologists understand the arrhythmia. Some of them are, are you know, extremely complicated, time-consuming and invasive, and some of them require technologies like a CT scanner or an MRI. And almost all of them can't be done ahead of the, the procedure. And so really, VMAP is a step change in understanding arrhythmias. What what we were able to do is create incredibly detailed, uh, complex uh, simulations of of cardiac activity. And what we were able to do is model, you know, the billion heart cells uh, in your heart electrically um, 
And and these are these are models. These aren't ones that you could run on your iPhone. In fact, when we were first running uh, these cardiac models, we <laughs> we shut down a node of a of a local university supercomputer because we were using too much computing power. But today we live in an incredible world. Um, and and we were able to serialize. You see these online cloud computing platforms. We were able to serialize cloud computing to be able to do the calculations. And now we can run a simulation in about an hour. Anyway, we did this work, hundreds, thousands, and now we have over a million simulations of, of cardiac activity. And then we harnessed machine learning. You, we're reading today about the power of AI. You know, this is a different branch of that. Machine learning allows us to look and compare these simulations to the patient him or herself. And so we're able to do all this work ahead of time um, and then bring that into bear into the electrophysiologist lab. Um, and, the, and the neat part about ECGs, which you mentioned, has been around for a while. It's been incredibly useful, been around for over 100 years. And with our eyes, we were able to understand it pretty well. But it's amazing what a computer can see that I can't see or you can't see or even a really skilled uh, electrophysiologist can't see. And ECGs are so common, they're recorded in the ER, they're recorded in the, the cardiologist's office. In fact, I live out just, side, out just outside of Seattle, and in my home state, an ECG is a regular part of your annual checkup. And if we record the, the, your arrhythmia at any of those times, we can map it. VMAP can map your arrhythmia in less than a minute, both atrial and ventricular arrhythmias. And we can then use that both before, during, or in the middle of a procedure to help the physician find your arrhythmia. Kind of the breakthrough there was just the ability to process this kind of information, right? So it wasn't there wasn't something in the hardware like the sensors or anything like that making it ECG is still the ECG. Is that how we should understand it? Exactly. It's just the ability of a computer to understand it uh, in a way that we've never been able to do before. A couple months ago, you had a, a validation study that talked about the ability to spot premature ventricular complexes, identify where they are, not just that they're happening. So maybe just talk a little bit more about that study and where did that get you that you weren't before? Uh, that study that we talked about last year uh, was about PVCs, and we were delighted to be able to, to help localize those for electrophysiologists. What we've been more excited about is um, the scientific data that we've been able to publish since probably in the last 10 months. And the most notable of that is in September, we published our, our peer-reviewed study in circulation arrhythmia and electrophysiology. Um, the neat part is that study, uh, which involved 255 arrhythmia episodes, uh, was a, a blinded, multi-center, independently adjudicated study where we, we branched out uh, beyond PVCs, uh, premature ventricular complexes, to seven different arrhythmia types and pacing, including AF, which I shared earlier was the most common. And the amazing part is that technology, your, you know, these these computing systems were able to arrhythmi uh, identify potential arrhythmia areas uh, with over ninety seven percent accuracy, uh, which is just phenomenal. So we branch from just PVCs to you know the more common ones, the ones that you may be experiencing, maybe your, you know your your parents may be experiencing, maybe your uncle may be experiencing, um, you know. The other neat thing is that we are able to show how quick the system works. So because we did this, you know, massive computing effort ahead of time. Um, it only is a simple um, proprietary matching algorithm that's run at the time of the patient. And so we're able to run and map, you know, if you were to give me your ECG with an arrhythmia, I can map it in about 48 seconds, uh, which is kind of a game changer. Um, and the other neat thing is we were able to publish uh, an initial time study on the technology it, you know, it turns out, and, and this is probably intuitive, but 
knowing where to go in an ablation procedure, being able to tell the doctor ahead of the procedure where the potential source of the arrhythmia is saves time and reduces the use of fluoroscopy and, and x-ray. Imagine being able to be spend less time as a patient on the table uh, to get the outcome that you want. The other thing that wasn't intuitive, which which we were we were delighted to see, is that not only were the pr- procedures shorter and and potentially less risky for the patient, uh, but we also saw that the hospitals took on more cases. Uh, we saw a 20% in, increase in the number of cases, the number of patients they could help because when VMAP was involved, they could be more efficient. And that's huge because we talked about, you know, 100,000 of those patients are getting seen every year. We've got to massively increase that number. And and this is part of that solution. What are your priorities for, for commercialization and spreading the access to the system and getting more and more people that take advantage of it? First of all, uh, again, thanks for doing this. I can't, I can't yeah. believe it's been nearly a year since we last caught up. And at the time, we, we were probably mapping several patients a month. Uh, and today, you know, I'm delighted to share that we're, we're mapping several patients each day. Last year, we were focused on a pilot program where we were learning about the interaction between our technology and the doctors that use it. And, and we've learned so much. And the neat part now is that we're focused on accelerating our rollout to hospitals and clinics around the country. So by the end of 2023, we hope to be out out at about 25 hospitals and other centers around the country, which is really exciting about the ability to help more patients around around the country. Uh, And the other main objective is, is there some really great partners out there? Um, We've been delighted with our interaction with a a number of large medical device companies that that work in the space that are an intimate part of the procedure. And the exciting part about our technology is that it really enhances existing technologies. You know, there's some great manufacturers who make mapping catheters and, and ablation catheters and helping them get there early, you know, is really a, a, a rising tide that lifts all boats. So, you know, our goal of, for 2023 is to continue to help doctors, help the med tech community and, and clearly, most importantly, help patients. Talk a little bit about the, the customers you're working with. You said, I think there were a couple dozen. So how do you identify them? What makes them special other than just they've got somebody there who understands the technology sort of what kind of centers are we dealing with so 2022 we targeted a number of centers of excellence uh, recognizable names i i don't actually know if i have permission to, to publish them but they would be no one names of uh, hospital systems that you probably read about in the newspaper really large hospital systems academic hospital systems and and so we had five of them going uh, last year. And and again, so going from that group of five, the really leaders in the industry to branch out to help, you know, uh, community hospitals and regional hospitals and and, and other centers has, has really just been a delight for the company. Do they then just send that ECG to somebody in their system and then it comes back and tells them the answer? Or, or kind of how does that look to the patient and say a cardiologist or a primary care physician? Well, with the, the flexibility of being able to ECG map, we can interact with that much earlier in the chain. So for the patient, him or herself, they may not even see what's going on in the background, but they've taken the ECG. Um, and if it's ahead of time, the doctor will will map, um, uh, his or her staff will map the, the, the arrhythmia and then use that in their planning process. Alternatively, if they're actually in the procedure, again, the patient won't notice a difference other than hopefully a shorter procedure, less time, you know, under anesthesia, Um, But what may be happening is while they're getting dressed for the procedure, uh, an ECG is always hooked up to the patient and VMAP would take that data from the from the ECG and then map it iteratively. So, you know, you can where are we headed first? Okay, we've done an ablation. 
now let's do another ECG reading because that the, the the ECG itself will change, which is really, really interesting and, and, and why it's so important that the system works quickly. So then we'll map again and we'll say, okay, you've taken care of this first site. And oftentimes with complex arrhythmias, there's multiple uh, locations that are part of the sustaining sources of the arrhythmia. And so the neat part is that, you know, we can help multiple times throughout the procedure to have a more effective uh, and ultimately, hopefully, successful procedure. What is kind of next for the technology indications you want to address, other things you want to get into as a company? I, I think this is probably the thing I'm I'm most excited about. So when we started the conversation, we we talked about how you know we're only serving two percent of the patients uh, with the most effective care for for their arrhythmia, and that's completely unacceptable to me, and it should be unacceptable to the medical community. And so, what's next for Vector? is expanding the use of our technology to cardiologists and hopefully uh, to patients themselves. You know, interestingly, we can get ECGs ourselves from our doctor, but there's also opportunities for at-home 12-lead ECG monitoring systems. And we, we would love to expand the opportunity to have a patient understand their rhythm themselves, interact with it on a system they may have on their smartphone or on a web browser or a web browser to help them understand and triage their opportunity to get more effective care. Yeah, we have to improve. We absolutely have to improve the information that not just the doctors are getting, but what the patients are getting about arrhythmia care. And medicine has to move up the chain to that other, I mean, it's a staggering number, but the, the 98% of the patients who are likely being treated suboptimally. Uh, and so that's our commitment. That's what we're going to be working on uh, to bring the technological innovations that really, you know, advanced computing can do to the doctors and patients and and radically improve a cardiac arrhythmia care. Is there any other uh, developments or, or maybe accomplishments that you just wanted to talk about? I, I think every day there's an individual accomplishment. I don't, I don't know that there's one specifically that I'll highlight other than I personally read, we, we do a case report after each case we do. And so now there's a lot more case reports for me to be reading. And I read every single one of them because I care about each patient. And so the greatest accomplishment I do is at the end of each day, I read each of the, the case reports that happened that day. And when we effectively ended that patient's arrhythmia, that's that's enough accomplishment for myself, the company, and, and I think the medical community. Well, I imagine at some point, though, it'll get to the point where there'll be too many of those for you <laughs> to read them all, which I guess will be kind of a bittersweet moment to, to say, like, well, we've succeeded, but now I don't get this opportunity to... <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll always be reading case reports, but yeah, you know, maybe when, we get to, yeah. when we get to that point, we'll have done something really great. That's great. Um, that was all I had. I mean, that's a great update on what's going on with the company and a kind of an, an area of technology that we're trying to pay attention to and get people to understand. Certainly people are asking us about it. So yeah, we'll uh, connect again sometime, um, I'm sure in the future, and we'll get another update on how it's going. Well, perfect. Thanks so much, Reed. Appreciate the time and uh, yeah, thanks. look forward to the next opportunity. You can find our past episode, Cardio Conversations, at medtechinsight.com, along with all our other podcasts and the podcasts from our sister publications, Script, HPW, Pink Sheet, etc. If you just go to our website, there's a pull-down menu at the top for podcasts. Once again, I'm Reed Miller. Thank you very much for joining us, and I'll talk to you very soon.